Eons passed, when time itself did not exist. The leader of a rebellion was cast into earth, and one third of the angels has fallen from the heavens. These rebels were called demons, unclean spirits, and their leader is known as Satan. These unclean spirits have one single purpose, to bring suffering to mankind. And sometimes they find an open door into a human soul. The possessed body enters into a state of physical distress, suffering from constant afflictions. These people need help. They need an exorcism. Welcome to the Ghost Nation podcast. Earthlings, aliens, spirits of all sorts, ghosts, angels, and demons. This is your host, Rodrigo Dea, and you're listening to the Ghost Nation podcast. I'd like to say a big thank you for all the positive feedback I received on the pilot episode. You are really making the dream come true. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Today, we will be discussing about something diabolical, something that provokes fear in most people. Exorcism. We will discuss what exorcism is, how someone is diagnosed as demon-possessed, and how different religions deal with it. But first, let's check something here. I think we have enough holy water to proceed with the episode. Exorcism has been practiced by humanity for centuries now. And it serves as a profound intersection between spirituality, belief, and the battle against malevolent forces. The belief in demonic possession spans several cultures and religions, each one addressing it with their own unique approach. We're, talk, we're going to talk about um, some different forms of demonic possession and explore how various religions and traditions both ancient and modern, how they perform their exorcisms. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, real-life exorcists and also on cinema. Demonic possession sometimes is, is depicted as um, um, physical manifestation as well, or even psychological effects in, in, in someone. Uh, and this would include, for example, mental disturbances, um, um, sudden, sudden dr and drastic changes in personality, behavior, or thought patterns. The victims also experience ir irrational fears, mood swings, violent outbursts. Um, there's also reports of physical ailments 
where the victim may suffer from unexplained physical ailments such as convulsions, paralysis, or other involuntary movements. Uh, supernatural strength. We talked about this on our last episode, on the um, pilot episode, and I've seen this in, in person. Um, so as I, w I was talking about on a, on a previous episode, this man, he was uh, super strong. I remember clearly there were about seven men trying to hold him and they couldn't. They were struggling to hold him down. And this is this is very common. Demonic possession may also exhibit supernatural strength in the victim, um, allowing them to perform, for example, um, beyond normal human capability cap capabilities. Um, they can they can move uh, things really easily, heavy things. They can push people for um, away. Um, yeah. Um, they can also speak unknown languages. This is um, a, a very complicated issue that we're talking about here because mainly on evangelical um, churches, uh, one of the signs of the uh, Holy Spirit is that someone can speak a different language, which is called the angel languages or something like that. But this is also part of a spiritual um, um, negative influence. So they can speak a different language, which is um, not necessarily a human language. There are reports that people uh, from Italy, they uh, were talking in English or in German um, or vice versa, for example. But they also can speak some language that nobody can understand. Um, this is very um, tricky, as this might be interpreted as um, um, a sign of the Holy Spirit um, uh, manifestation as well. So we, we need to be aware of these two types of manifestations. We could be, could be uh, good or evil. Also, they have knowledge of hidden information. For example, um, something that you haven't told anybody or you've um, hidden something that only you know where it is, somehow the victim knows it. So they can talk about it, they can talk to you about something that you've done uh, on last summer, for example, and you haven't told anybody. The, the victim, they possess knowledge of distance, distant or hidden events that they shouldn't have access to. Right. So, um, basically, every different religion or tradition has their own approach to demonic possession, to exorcism, and how they handle it. Uh, Christianity, uh, so let's subdivide it into Protestant and Catholic. So, they both... Uh, believe in the demonic possession as we basically understand it on the Western world. Um, so basically the angels that have fallen from heaven, um, they are here in this planet to make our life a hell. 
that's what they want to do. And both Roman Catholic Church and the Protestant subdivisions like Methodists, Baptists, um, you name it, they have been practicing uh, exorcism since ever. So they have um, priests or pastors or um, someone which is basically trained to um, practice the exorcism in someone as uh, they pray, they fast, they expel the demon in the name of Jesus Christ, um, and that's how they handle it. Um, I've seen a few occasions where the uh, the priest was uh, trying to get the demon spelled, uh, expelled, and they were also asking the name of the demon. Apparently, if you have the name of the demon, you have control over him or it or whatever. In Christianity, especially, the concept of demonic possession is rooted in the belief um, in a spiritual war um, warfare between the forces of good and evil. Demonic possession is seen as a takeover of somebody's body, mind and soul, or soul, um, by evil spirits, evil um, entities. Uh, and these entities are commonly uh, named as demons or evil spirits. Uh, Christian approach to dealing with demonic possession is, is, is there are many faces to it. It combines faith, uh, prayer, and rituals. Especially in the Roman Catholic, Catholic... Oh, my tongue is not bending today. Roman Catholic Church today, um, in particular, they have a well-established framework um, to address demonic possession. They have trained priests, uh, which are called the exorcists, uh, and they are authorized by the Pope to perform exorcisms following uh, some guidelines. These guidelines are basically from a, a book called the Rituale Romanum, um, which is a book of um, a Roman ritual uh, that includes prayers, invocations, and some other actions to expel the demons. And the primary weapon they have is, is faith in the power of God and the authority given by Jesus Christ uh, to cast out demons. Christian exorcisms, exorcisms also involve intense prayers, blessings, the use of sacramental objects like holy water and blessed oils. Uh, and the process begins normally with with an investigation to rule out all possible explanation, explanations and uh, natural explanations like medical or psychological causes or anything that may uh, interfere in the individual's condition. Uh, and once they rule out everything, okay, we, we, we think this is a demonic possession, so they start uh, the spiritual battle per se, um, commanding the demon to depart and invoking the, the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, also, 
they emphasize the importance of the individual's faith and cooperation in the process, meaning that they, um, the priest is going to perform the exorcism, but also the victim needs to um, um, compromise themselves to the fact that they need to follow um, the uh, Christian faith and follow prayers, uh, fasting, going to the services, going to church. And through these um, um, activities, they will continue to be clean uh, of evil spirits. Now, this is some... Um, the Christian approach, which I am more familiar with because my background is on Christianity. But I'm going to talk a little bit, very, very en passant, about uh, how they do it on Islam, on Judaism, Hinduism, and Buddhism. So, um, on Islam, they have a, a ritual called uh, Rukia, or something like that. Uh, which involves a recitation of specific verses from the Quran to expel the evil spirits. And uh, Islamic scholars and spiritual leaders often perform the Rukia. So it's not, uh, again, it's not everybody. They have a specific certain people to do, to perform the exorcism. On Judaism, uh, is a rare practice. They, it's not very common to happen, but involves, again, recitation of psalms uh, and prayers to seek protection from evil spirits. On Hinduism, uh, exorcism is performed by priests who invoke the deities and use rituals to cleanse individuals of negative energies. And on Buddhism, uh, it involves chanting, meditation, and rituals to remove uh, evil entities and restore is spiritual balance. Right, so we're gonna make a little uh, small break and we're coming back soon. Stay tuned, don't go away, we're coming back. And we're back. Right, so I'm gonna talk about um, a priest called Father Gabriel Armorf. Uh, he was an exorcist, and there is a recent film uh, with Russell Crowe. He's from 2023, so it's a brand new one, uh, and it's called The Pope's Exorcist, and it's about his life. Um, I really enjoyed the film, although there were some explosions and fire and all the stuff that Hollywood loves, uh, but it's a good film. It is very entertaining, and it's supposed to be based on Father uh, Gabriel's um, um, life and his own account. So he was a renowned Roman Catholic priest and exorcist, and he dedicated his life to battling demonic forces. He was born in 1925 and died um, seven years ago. I guess, it's 2016 he died. Uh, he was Italian. And he, uh, after he entered, entered the, uh, the priesthood, uh, he eventually became one of the most prominent figures uh, in the world of exorcism. He had a deep belief in the reality of evil, uh, good and, and, and evil powers, uh, the power of faith. And he conducted thousands, 
apparently literally thousands of exorcisms because um, he kept a diary of everything uh, and he was known for his unwavering commitment to helping people uh, suffering from demonic possession or oppression um sometimes christianity calls uh, demonic possession uh, as oppression so it refers to it as a an, um, an oppression coming from um, evil forces um, father amorph also believed in the teachings of the catholic church and its ability to combat spiritual um, um, malevolence. Uh, so his approach, again, is obviously based in traditional Catholic practices from the Ritual Romano, which is a book that we spoke about um, a while ago. And uh, he normally was uh, working on each case as a unique spiritual battle, relying on prayers, blessings, invoking the name of Jesus Christ, and then driving out the evil spirits. Um, his exorcisms were famous. They often attracted attention from people all around uh, because he uh, was always talking about the experiences he had. And he wrote many, many books. Um, one of the books that he wrote is called An Exorcist Tells His Story, and there's a continuation as well, which is called An Exorcist, uh, An Exorcist More Stories. So, uh, and the film is based on those two books. Um, and uh, still today, people, even after his death, he left uh, lots of students that learned how to uh, practice exorcism based on his teachings. And still today they follow the same uh, pattern, the same standard as uh, Father Gabriel. On cinemas we also have many, 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 many other um, examples of films and series. We have The Exorcist from 1973, we have The uh, Conjuring series, um, which is more about paranormal investigation and hauntings and stuff like that, but Ed uh, Warren it's a couple, Ed and Lorraine Warren and Ed, he was a demonologist I don't think he was an exorcist uh, but he was a demonologist so I believe he had uh, many, many fights against uh, the powers, powers of evil and if you like um, Japanese culture and, and mangas and animes, you're going to find Blue Exorcist and The Demon Slayer and they're both about the same thing. They, they, uh, they fight against demons. And it's interesting because it's a different type of uh, approach to the evil powers. Uh, is the Japanese point of view, which I find very, very interesting. So you, you're going to be able to find those on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. And lastly, I would recommend a very good film with um, Anthony Hopkins. It's called The Right. It's from, from 2011. And it's also a priest. Well, I won't tell you. you. You have to watch it. It's a very good film. Go for it. Just try to find it and watch it because you're not going to regret. Exorcism remains a fascinating and a complex phenomenon that reflects the deeply ingrained 
human desire to confront and conquer the forces of darkness. As various religious traditions continue to perform exorcism um, to alleviate the suffering of the possessed of the uh, victims, the practices and beliefs surrounding this um, old ritual continue to evolve and adapt to the modern world. Whether in real life or on screen, uh, exorcists and their battles against demonic possession captivate our imagination and reminds us of the eternal struggle between good and evil. Right, so this concludes our first official episode, Exorcism. Uh, I'd like to hear from you. What, what did you think of this episode? Did you like it? Uh, would you recommend something else for me to talk about? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Telegram as ParanormalBloke. Uh, you're going to find me on Gmail as well as paranormalbloke at gmail.com if you want to send me an email. Um, I had an idea to bring real accounts of people that struggled or had uh, some experience with um, demonic possession or um, expelling demons or exorcism, something like that. But unfortunately, I didn't receive any accounts um, but feel free to contact me whenever you want. If you don't want me to tell your name or if you want me to um, change your voice, we, we can do it so you're not going to be uh, identified. Your, um, your identification is going to be pre preserved. Once again, I'd like to thank you for listening to the Ghost Nation podcast. I'm your host, Rodrigo Dea, and I hope to see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.